Hey y'all, this is Sam. And this is Steven. And this is Crimeology. It feels so good to say that. <laughs> this is, welcome to season two. We're back. Um, first off, thank you for letting us take off two weeks. It was full of rest and travel and... For for one of us. Right. <laughs> one was... of us still had to live in the real world. <laughs> I got to play make-believe. Um, full of rest and travel and planning for what to do for season two and the changes that we wanted to make. Um, and one of those changes that you now know is that we're moving our publishing days to Wednesday. Uh, this just helps us in a lot of ways. So that was kind of the decision we made. The first decision we made with season two, it helps us with editing and getting together to schedule. So that was kind of the first decision. The second decision is that we won't be doing our Florida man segment anymore. Um, that doesn't mean it won't come back up later. Um, but we just wanted to, we wanted to do something different that set apart each season. Um, so we figured that that segment that we do could be the thing that we change each season. Um, so that way we could say season one was Florida man. Season two was this season three was that. Um, this season, we're going to do Stephen's Crime of the Week. So basically along the same lines of Florida Man, but not in Florida is really what it is. So yeah, basically, Sam was asking me like, oh, what segment do you want to do? And I was like, oh goodness. I was just like, let's just run with like, just let's just do like a Crime of the Week. So that way, you know, Florida Man still, I'm sure, will still make his return. Right in this in this season but just to kind of give it a more vast broader expanse right and also something behind the scenes that we're not doing um i'm looking at sam right now which is very odd <laughs> that's what i was gonna say a lot of other changes you guys aren't gonna notice <laughs> like we're actually looking at each other normally i look at steven's side of his face <laughs> and i'm looking at the screen to make sure everything looks right but now we're looking at each other and it's uncomfortable right now <laughs> um but other than those two the segment and our changing of publishing days you might not notice a whole lot of changes we might you know um what's the word dabble in music or change Ooh, fancy I words i couldn't think of any other words um but like do like audio stuff here and there but other than that this is season two so we're super excited um so with that said let's jump into this week's episode um so something that won't change is that at the beginning of each week i'll talk about how i came across this case this case happened in waco texas and i grew up about four hours from there never heard about this case until they made it into a tv show in 2018 and then i watched it and that's how i became aware of this case but I'm also super excited about this case because Steven doesn't know about cases until I bring them to him. And I brought him this script that I had and he said, huh, I know this one. Ladies and gentlemen, that has never happened before. It's happened to like three. <laughs> Steven has never been like, oh yeah, I know this oh, one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. I'm super excited. <laughs> Starting off season two, I've, you know, I've just the last two weeks, that's all I've been doing. I haven't slept, just been reading crime to see, to make sure Sam doesn't stump me. So this is the case about David Korish and the Branch Davidians in a 51-day standoff with the FBI, which ultimately led to 76 people, including David, losing their lives. 
So first, let's talk about the Branch Davidians and what they are. These are their religious group, and they were founded in 1955. They called themselves a continuation of the Seventh-day Adventists. They lived in a compound in Waco, which they called Mount Carmel. In 1984, David becomes the leader of the Branch Davidians after spending three years under Louise Roden, who was the wife of George Roden, who was the religious leader of the group since 1962. So the leadership was supposed to go to George's son, but David claimed the gift of prophecy, so he gained more power in the community and gained it very quickly. So the group basically chose David over George's son. So David told the Branch Davidians, he told them what to eat, when to eat, where to sleep, who to sleep with, what to wear, that kind of lifestyle. They believed that the world is a sin and that we are called to live apart from sin. So they literally needed to live apart from the world. And that's why they live in this compound altogether. So, and let me preface this by saying I knew this case. I knew of this case. I didn't know like these kind of details. Right. Which is wild right like okay yeah you're gonna eat which it almost it kind of sounds like school yeah you're gonna eat now Mm -hmm. this is what you're gonna eat (laughs) they even i I didn't go into detail about but it was like even you could only have an apple on a certain day you could have a banana on a certain day but you could only have so much of something so like the details of it were so specific and so to what david said huh um so I think it's important to mention, though, that this community, it didn't start with David. So many who died in Waco had been long-standing members of the community. And even David's first wife, Rachel, was a second-generation member. And her parents even stayed in the compound through the siege. I say David's first wife because David taught that he was a messiah and that any kid born from him would be sacred so he had multiple children with multiple women ultimately fathering 13 kids goodness gracious right that's a lot of kids (laughs) honestly so based off of what the branch davidians believed in and how they lived they were looked at and are often referred to as a cult david was looked at as a con man and accused of brainwashing his followers Branch Davidians also believed that there would be a doomsday and that they needed to be prepared for this apocalyptic day. So the group had a ridiculous amount of firearms and explosives in the compound, and they were frequently ordering more equipment to add to their collection. And this is ultimately what starts this story. Here's when a 51-day standoff between the compound and the FBI starts. There are over 700 law officials outside of the compound during the standoff. That's pretty crazy to think that there's 700 law enforcement. I mean, of course, that's probably FBI, ATF, county, sheriff, you know, all sorts of stuff. But still, 700. 700. That's a very small town. I know. I know. So, the FBI is using many tactics to get into the compound. 
including over 60 hours of negotiating with David. Now, the reason David wouldn't let anyone in or out of the compound was because he wanted to give his interpretation on the passage of the seven seals found in the book of Revelation in the Bible. If you're unaware of what this passage is about, it's about the end times. So there are seven seals, and as each one is broken, it brings a new judgment onto earth. There are many ways these passages could be and have been interpreted, and so it's not as black and white as you think, which is probably why David wanted to get his side out there. So every time the negotiator would call the compounds, they were basically asking, hey, David, how's it going? How much more do you have to do? Um, So including negotiation with David, FBI would shine bright lights into the compounds and they bring out these giant speakers trying to not let anyone get any sleep so that this could all come to an end. So they were playing the noise of like sirens, the sound of glass breaking, and music just over and over again for hours. The standoff came to an end on April 19th as the FBI raided the compound using tear gas and military grade weaponry. Fires broke out all over the compound and in the end, 76 out of 85 Branch Davidians, including David, were killed. David was found with a gunshot wound to his head, and it's unclear if it was self-inflicted or if someone else did it. So this is Stephen's Crime of the Week. Um, So like we said, this is taking over Florida Man. We're not doing Florida Man anymore. So this is going to be Steven's little corner um, to be able to do whatever he wants to do. Well, you know, a couple times last season I took over. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that as much this year. I'll I'll leave it with you. Okay. I got a little out of my head there. Um, so yeah, this is, this is Steven's crime of the week. I don't like talking about myself in third person. Right. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, so we are, you know, we're, we're heading west from Florida. Almost as far west as you can get in the United States. Almost. Right. So we're going to California, okay? Um, this happened back in November of last year, um, back in Fullerton, California. Um, here's the headline. Th- this one, I just knew. Because, you know, we talk about food a lot. Yeah. That could be another podcast that we do is we just talk about food. Right. But we're not going to because I talk about food on this right now. Um, Here's the headline. Dumb criminal cooks pizza and then gets busted. Okay. Um, So a California man broke into um, the Big Slice Pizza restaurant, um, stealing money and other items. Um, but he must have been hungry because the security cameras caught him um, taking the time and making a pizza while he robbed the place. Hmm. Uh, uh, police say, obviously, uh, you know, this guy was arrested. Um, and according to the post uh, from the Fulton PD uh, social media page, the man also stole the restaurant's delivery car as he left. Oh. 
Well, I mean... I mean, if you're going to do it, do it big, right? I, and I guess if you're in there, you might as well make a pizza. Right. You know, guess, you know, we always get hungry at, at the most inconvenient times, and I guess... If I robbed, I mean, my first thought is I wouldn't know how to work through oven. <laughs> and so, like, I couldn't be able to make a pizza, you know? For the most part. I mean, I'm sure it's... I think it's just a... Click of a button, but... Yeah. Like, I can't work the oven at our church, so how am I going to work a Domino's pizza oven? You know what I'm saying? I think it's pretty simple, actually. I would think so i think it is because i think it's basically it stays at one temperature it's not like a normal right house oven type of deal of where you've got to adjust the temperature so it might be honestly probably the most the hardest part was actually making the pizza waiting for the oven to get up preheat that's right (laughs) but yeah that's that's crime of the week that's a good one so i wonder it said in there that like when he started making the pizza, that's when they saw him on security cameras. I wonder if they saw him before that. Because the headline was like, he got caught because he made food. I wonder if he would have gotten away if he didn't make the food. Let's just assume that. That would have sucked, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if you, like, didn't make the pizza, you probably would have gotten away with yeah. it. But then he also stole the delivery car. Uh, that's so, true. And then he was caught a short time after that, so... Not, not. Don't the, steal. It doesn't work out. Moral of the story. Just don't steal. Well, yeah. That's did it. Crime of the week. That was a good one. So after this case, a lot of people thought that the government was in the wrong, and this is kind of why another or another reason why this case got so big. So the Branch Davidians, they weren't doing anything wrong. Yeah, maybe they didn't have a lot of the permits they needed for the weapons that they had. But the reason the government got involved was because there were rumors of the stockpile that the compound had. Now, nobody from outside of the compound had seen the weapons for themselves. It was just a rumor. So the government goes into the compound because of a rumor, and it ends in this horrible way. So really, this was a he said she said type of deal right it really was it's a it's a very high risk version of telephone right you hear about the branch davidians what they stand for and you hear a little bit about their religion and you're like oh they're doomsday people they've got weapons so let's go see so for a long time people were questioning this and saying that the government shouldn't have stepped in to begin with they should, and they also shouldn't have stepped in just because they were scared that these people might have something or because the government just didn't want them to have these things. Um, and so people were saying that just because the government doesn't want them to have these weapons, that's not a good enough reason to have stepped in. Another point is that David used to jog around the camp- compound every morning at the same time. So if the government really was concerned, they could have gone and picked up David one morning and gotten it and gotten the answers that they needed. Instead, it turned into this bigger thing. Um, So that's kind of another reason why this case got so big. Now, I know this case doesn't end with a person who was charged with this or that, served this many years, And I even had some people, when I told them that this was the case I was going to do, they were like, that's not a true crime case. 
But I know that Stephen likes these cases. Number one, it's true. It happened. Right. Number two, technically there was crime. Technically. Right. We'll go with that. Three, yes, you're correct. I like these kind of stories. And it's hard so to go. find, as rare as it sounds, whenever I Google, like, FBI standoff, there's kind of one case that shows up because right now it's a big Netflix film. Right. Um, And so it's so hard for me to find cases like this that Stephen likes. So when this came to my mind, I was like, yep, that's what we're doing. And so... Yeah, and, like, the thing is now, like, all these cases are so quickly because, you know, there's so many, like, streaming services, you know, Netflix, who, right. like, there's so many things that you can watch, and especially with how many podcasts there are just like this one, there's so many now of where it's exactly, you know, it's everything's laid out there right in front of you. Right. And so I think that's kind of, I don't want to say the difficult thing, but that's kind of the thing that makes it kind of challenging to do a show like this mm -hmm. is because you don't want to even though it was fun when <laughs> um crime junkie picked up the same episode that we did right like the same week and released it the same day it was kind of cool for us because our listens like tripled from mm -hmm. what they normally were if not more but that's the thing of like you want content this is also just a really random tangent not really part this is me <laughs> just talking it's it's one that you know, because I'm someone that listens to a lot of podcasts and they're different things. Right. Like it's different things that interest me and not necessarily this type of deal. And so to me, like, you know, making a show like this is a, like, it really takes a lot of creative effort. Right. Just yeah. Just because, you know, and everybody, well, you know, because there is so many of them, you've got to make it. You've got to find a way to stand out. And so that's why, like, I get people who are like, just do Ted Bundy. Just do you know, this person, that person, I'm like, okay, but everybody knows who those people are. You don't want to get into something like this and just do all of the cases back to back to back that everybody knows because then nobody's going to listen to you. And so then, it's a lot to and try then, to. And then also you'll be out of episodes real quick. Right. Because if you're only doing the major ones, there's probably maybe 51, right. 50 of them that you could do. So I'm not griping at anybody. I'm just <laughs> speaking from my mind right now. And so that's why these two weeks were nice is that it was a nice to not have to, oh, what are we going to do next week? What, you know, oh, I'm behind on cases. What am I going to do? Um, To the point that when I was back from vacation and had to focus on it, I now have seven cases already made up ready to go because it was a nice break and able to come back and just be have a I guess uh what is it called enthusiasm I guess right. is not a good word but that's a word we can use so it was nice so thank you for letting us have that yep. and so and there's also there's a couple and if I butcher her name I'm so sorry but the main one right now that's been out and like I've already seen like five podcasts do it right is the is the gabby petito missing case mm -hmm. um i wanted uh, me and sam were talking about this earlier today of yes we are going to do this one but we wanted to give you want to get all the information right and and we wanted to also because so many of so many have done this already and right. there's not all the information but also it's i mean it's still an ongoing case too right so this is, I mean, that's kind of something that we've kind of, pri is prided a word? 
I don't know. Sure, we'll make it a word. <laughs> that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of how we've made this of like, we're going to get to the cases that are like, we know the ending type of right. thing. Um, there's some that there's an ending per se, like there hasn't been a, you right. know, a, a charge on a person, but there is, you know, something like that. So that's kind of one that we're kind of waiting, kind of waiting it out to kind of see. Um, that was something I told Sam I wanted to address that. So that one is coming eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Season two. We're so excited. Season two, episode it's one. It's nice to be back. Um, so if you're new here, you can follow us on social medias at Crimology Pod. Um, you got forgot, didn't you? What? You I got did. forgot. I did. It's been too long. I know. We have an email, crimologypod at gmail.com. You can email us basically anything. Um, suggestions. Um, if we're doing something wrong, if we're doing something right, let us know. Give us five stars on op- Apple Podcasts. Um, all the things. Do all the things. Um, so like always, and I'm excited to say this, this is Sam. This is Steven. And this is Criminology. Criminology.